0: fearlessly. This week, I want you to meet Amanda Elhart. Amanda is a junior at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and she talks to me about how to merge her passion for sports with a practical career. We talk about how to make a career in sports as a female and what it's like to be a woman pursuing a career in a predominantly male field and how she's gone about finding role models and knowing how to trust herself through the process. Amanda also talks a lot about dealing with doubting herself, the best and most important lesson she's learned in college so far, and hint, it has nothing to do with academics. And she shares with us the importance of authenticity, how to pursue summer internships, and the importance of networking and making connections to help propel yourself in the direction you want to go. You're not going to want to miss this episode. So listen in. So this piece has got me so interested and curious. So many students um, don't know what they want to study or don't know how to take what they love and turn it into a viable career. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that you've um, really found um, a way to marry your skill sets with your passion and start to pursue what could be potentially a, a really viable career path for you. So tell our listeners and me, well, tell our listeners cause I already know um, what it, what it is you're imagining yourself doing in the world and some of the things you've been doing so far. So you're studying um, statistics. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you talk about being a team player and being in sports your whole life. So how are you bringing those two together? So, My biggest
1: sport growing up was softball. That's always been the thing I was best at, the thing I liked practicing most, which is kind of really important. If you want to be good at something, you have to enjoy, you know, the grind of playing. Um, So that kind of became my passion and my love um, throughout my life. And then really enjoying math throughout high school and taking a statistics course senior year kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities of marrying sports and this like very data driven mindset that the workforce has been kind of centered around lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the movie Moneyball, um, Great with, movie. right. The Oakland A's, um, using, uh, saver metrics to create a team, a very, um, poorly funded team. They're one of the, um, least expensive teams that was in that era at the time. And they had to compete with really expensive teams like the Yankees. Um, And they basically targeted each player's um, skills to best suit the team. Um, So it's kind of this giant puzzle. And they used all these um, data points that baseball has to offer to figure out the best way to construct this team to compete. And it really changed the game. Um, And now baseball is, if you're not doing the Saber metrics and gathering all this data, you're behind Um, and it's just such a big field in that sport and it's picking up in other, um, leagues as well. Like the NBA, um, has analytics departments and I've actually talked to, uh, one of the women that works at the NBA headquarters doing this type of research and, um, analyzing the trends within the NBA, similar to Moneyball, but more, um, for the whole league rather than just a team, which is super fascinating. Um. And knowing that there's other women out there doing it now really like gets me excited about finding a position for me in the future um, doing this type of work. But it's so fascinating and it's sports. So how can you not love it? (laughs) And I just, I hope one day that I can, you know, get my foot in the door and figure out where I fit into it all.
0: Well, uh, you touched on a couple of things that I want to expand on. And one of the things that's sort of top of mind is, um, thinking about what's it like being a woman um, thinking about pursuing a career in a predominantly male field right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And this whole, you know, so there's that piece and then there's the whole like me too movement piece, all these things to consider. So um, I heard you say you've already found two, one or two female role models in the field that, that um, open your eyes to the possibilities, but do you have any fears about that or concerns
1: I, I do, but I think, uh, give me one moment here. Just want to make sure, get my thoughts together. Um, I know that there are role models out there for me. So I think by, um, following their pattern of success and their, um, you know, advice to what to do, you know, if they were younger, what they would have done maybe differently or what they found really worked for them. Um, that's been so helpful. And honestly, just seeing one woman do it alone, like that's, that's kind of all I need. I don't really mind, you know, going to the, you know, the boys club of sports or whatever that I know, I know I can do it. So I guess that part um, is intimidating. But I also know that it's been done before. So it's not impossible. So just the mere idea that someone has done it, you know, that's enough of hope for me that, you know, I can um, recreate their steps and, you know, find my own way using their formula. I guess, um, but I mean, it is—it is an interesting problem to have um, because I haven't really faced that so far in my life.
0: What um, and when you say that, what do you mean, faced that?
1: Face that type of, um, like roadblock where you're totally different than everyone else in the field. Um, it happens a little bit in my um, classes at school. Um, many of the people in the statistics program are international students. So there is that language barrier. Um, yes. I'm minority in those classes, which is a very different feeling than what I was used to growing up. Um, but I guess that would be the most similar experience to pursuing a job in a male dominated um, industry. But even in that, in that experience in my statistics classes, I'm friends with, you know, international students and we learn from each other and we figure out the ways to work together. Mm -hmm. So I see that applying, you know, in the workforce with, you know, men.
0: And I heard you say that senior year, you took your first statistics class and you started to, you know, understand that you had an interest in this and it was something you wanted to pursue. When you, so when you started choosing classes freshman year at you, at Madison, Mm-hmm. Um, and even before, like, as you were thinking about, um, your college career academically, did you dive right in? Were there any like naysayers or voices in the back of your head saying, oh, maybe not, maybe you should do this. And tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So freshman year, um, I was more focusing on the math classes that I needed for my major. Um, and that was more fine. And I was getting um, my gen eds out of the way. So sophomore year, I really started my major. And it was a struggle every day, my mom can vouch for that. Um, I was constantly doubting myself. And part of it was feeling like I didn't know anybody else like me doing Uh the major or like have any buddies to really talk to that were gonna, you know, stick it out with me all four years, which was really hard for me, because I'm used to I, I like working with people, you know, even if it's just one other person and kind of grinding it out together.
0: Yeah. Having a buddy or someone to yeah. connect with, like, a, that truly understands what you're going through.
1: Right. So it made it even scarier for me going through it alone um, and not having anyone to bounce any questions off of, because I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know um, what classes to take, what professors to avoid and that kind of stuff. And then on top of it um, our department is growing really fast which is great because that means there's more interest in the field but it also means our department can't handle the um, amount of people coming in so they're kind of backlogged and not working at the standard that I needed them to work at Mm -hmm. to kind of be helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I doubted myself every day. I called my mom. I was like there's no way I can do this. I'm you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not as smart as these kids. And, you know, they, it's a very theoretical major, right now, which is like, so not my forte, or it wasn't at the point. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it, but I really I'm like trying to get
0: better process. at being, being theoretical. Is that what you it's, mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: just trying to get in that mindset, mindset of deep thinking. Um, Cause I always liked the more applied aspects, which is, you know, why I want to work in sports. I like that area of applying the knowledge. Um but it was it's, it was a struggle. And then I actually had one of my math professors say first day of class and he goes, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Which is like stuck with me throughout college. Because once you understand that and kind of live that saying, you realize that everyone is struggling in their own way. And once I kind of got at, you know, after my first semester of sophomore year, um, everything started slowly coming together. And whether or not I was struggling, I just kind of realized like, hey, as long as I'm doing everything that I can, you know, I still might be uncomfortable. But if I'm reaching out to professors, trying to study with other people and putting myself out there, that's where the reward is going to come in, you know?
0: Absolutely. Wow. I mean, that professor, like, I think was worth all the tuition for your whole four years. (laughs) Like, This learning to be uncomfortable, be comfortable with being uncomfortable doesn't just apply to your major or to that class or to that moment. That applies Mm -hmm. to your entire life because you're going to be facing lots of uncomfortable moments for the rest of your life. I hate to break it to you, but you know this already, and this this is part of being human, so I really appreciate you taking that in and and embodying it in a way that you could apply it and, and use it as you navigate this time in your life.
1: Right. And even with finding a job, I mean, it's so applicable there um, or asking for informational interviews. It's the first time I did it, I was like, kind of sick to my stomach cause I was like, how am I going to keep the conversation going? How am I going to be insightful and memorable? And, um, realizing that I was uncomfortable and kind of using that as, you know, fuel, like, yes, I'm uncomfortable, but let's, you know, prepare a little more to get more comfortable, or let's just acknowledge the fact that I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Then it just kind of slowly dissipates as I start talking, but it was definitely the best lesson I've learned in college so far.
0: um, You know, the thing that we talk a lot about on this podcast is authenticity. And so, when you do this thing we call reveal versus conceal, which is I'm revealing that I'm uncomfortable. and You just named that in that revealing, in being authentic, honest, true, what's really here right now is some discomfort. You're right. It dissipates it. It, it almost takes the, um, it, it takes the heat away. Now you're available to be really authentic and honest, which is what people are really seeking no matter what, whether you're in an interview or in relationship to someone or whatever we're doing. Right. Totally. Yeah. I
1: mean, If you're not authentic, what do you have? Yeah. Everybody can see through, you know, the fakeness. So, and social media adds to that, but I think it makes, especially my generation more keen to spotting out when someone's being fake. Just because it is prevalent on social media. Um, I don't know if all kids you've talked to kind of feel that way, but it's easy to spot when someone's faking or uh, making themselves seem more elevated than they actually are
0: in the moment. It's so true. And social media is all about that. And most of the students we're talking to are noticing this relationship to, you know, uh, fake news. Social media (laughs) is our own version of fake news. Well, I really appreciate you um, noticing that and, and being aware of that. And I do think that's going to serve you throughout your life in so many ways. And it seems to me like you've had a lot of success so far getting internships. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about some of the work you've done, right? Because you're on it. Like, There's a lot of students as juniors who still don't have their major or their career path figured out, which I want to say, by the way, is totally okay. Yeah. Um, we, we don't all have it figured out early on, and I think it's a real gift, A, not only that you had it figured out, but B, that you were willing to go for it and that those voices didn't keep you from pursuing what you're really passionate and excited about. Um, and along that path, you, it seems like you've afforded yourself some really interesting opportunities um, in internships and work opportunities. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things you've done and how you've set yourself up to get those, those opportunities.
1: Right. So my internship last summer was with a company based out of Chicago called Exact Sports. Um, They run high profile college exposure camps for high school athletes trying to play in college. Um, And the interesting thing about their camps is they focus a lot on mental strength and stamina, as well as your physical skills. Um, Because a lot of exposure camps ignore that component of being a college athlete, which is so important. And college athletes face a lot of difficult decisions and they're constantly just exhausted because when they're not practicing, um, you have school to do. And me personally, I was considering being a college athlete and that balance just did not seem, um, doable for me slash I kind of, I just wanted to be a student. So I can't imagine the, um, exhaustion that they face on a daily basis. And this camp was really awesome because working it, I got to meet a lot of college coaches and kind of pick their brains and realize that, you know, they're normal people too. They, you know, they know what to look for in kids and they're very kind and they want the best for um, all these athletes. So um, in my job, I was a coordinator. So I organized these camps, which typically had over 200 kids and about over 60 college coaches. Um, And they're three-day camps and there's food and, all the different mental exercises and the physical exercises and the parents are all there watching. So it was a big event to coordinate. Um, and although it wasn't really statistics based, I was able to work in the sports industry, which was kind of my goal. Um, because as a soft, as ending my sophomore year, not many companies wanted, um, statistics students with that little statistics, um, Experience, experience working yet, yeah. so I was like, I might as well go learn some um, soft skills, focus on my leadership skills, um, working in the sports industry, and that's what I did, and it was a really great experience for a first real job, um, and it was a good foot in the door, and making connections, and
0: and how, so tell us how you got to exact what was there connections you made, did you go on the internet, like, yeah. what did you do to make those connections, and then the steps you got to actually get in a job. Did you build a resume? Like how'd you do all that?
1: Right. So I had been applying to a bunch of jobs online and it was not going great because as I've learned in my career course this past semester, 3% of jobs are awarded via purely online applications. If you don't know anyone in the company or anything like that, which is really an abysmal number. That's not not ideal for a student like myself. So um, a friend of my parents actually had a family friend who worked at the Detroit Tigers Uh, she's a female and she is a baseball analyst there and she's one of my um, role role models and she had worked at this company exact um, and I had been in contact with her um, and she connected me with their uh, internship department and I interviewed on the phone um, and then we did a follow-up interview just to kind of talk more about what was expected of me in the internship and they awarded me the internship over the phone there. Um, and then to kind of prepare for that, I had a resume built and it was not <laughs> as good as a resume as mine is today, just in terms of format. Cause I was a sophomore and I hadn't taken any of the career building classes, which are actually really helpful Yeah, um, at universities. And then, um, yeah, that was it. I really, I prepared online. I mean, I, did research about the company um, and then asked a bunch of questions about the internship and what they expected of me and, you know, how to be successful in the position. Um, And it worked out really well.
0: Fantastic. What, I mean, that's such great experience, the whole thing, the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. and to have this, um, you know, this introduction, right. From this Mm -hmm. mentor of yours, I mean, these are these are great gifts. These are great gifts to have in the world.
1: Yes. I mean, I have to say networking or having someone vouch for your skills has been the most important thing I've learned when trying to find an internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having someone that the employer trusts, their opinion, vouch for you, goes such a long way um, versus just applying online.
0: Yeah. Was there any part of you that felt like oh I don't want to bother her or I don't want to um, you know I don't want to ask her for a favor or is there any part of you that felt that
1: Yes, of course, um, just because I would never want to take advantage of someone who's you know talked to me about their position at their current job and been so kind and um, generous with you know their advice and their time um, and I feel like as a college student I was like, what do I have to offer her I can't really you know, give her anything in return besides, you know, my thanks and looking out maybe down the road when I have something that could possibly help her out. Um, But she was so kind and willing to help. Um, And I think part of it is she recognized that I was in a position she was in at one point in her life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And being a college student, you know, people are so generous, more generous with college students, I think, than any other demographic just cause it's hard and it's challenging and any um, advice you can get is so appreciated by, you know, us college students.
0: Well, sure. And I, um, since we're on the theme of, um, movies, Moneyball is one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, and then there's another movie called pay it forward. And have you ever seen pay it forward? I have not. Oh, you gotta go see it. Check it out. Yeah, I will. So pay it forward. So, you know, I know as an adult who also mentors young, um, young up-and-coming leaders, um, it's a real gift to be able to support and offer feedback, advice, mentorship. And so, I'm imagining that allowing her to give you that gift, um, she was definitely getting something out of it. And I know that there's that one in all of us who are like, "Oh, I don't want to." I don't want to ask you for anything? I don't want to take anything from you. But when we think about these things in terms of a gift, imagine at Christmas time you're giving someone a gift, you want it to be fully received, right? You want them to enjoy the gift and take advantage of it and use it. Um, so I just want to celebrate the, that you overcame that part of you that you know is a little resistant maybe to asking for help because that's what this is all about. It's about reaching out, making contacts, showing up as your best self, and then taking advantage of those relationships and and using them so that you can grow. That is totally
1: spot on. Um, If I've, if I've learned anything this past semester, it's the importance of networking, but that word is so scary, I think to young college students or even high school students, because it sounds like something you're only going to do once you're working, um, you know, as a full-time employee, but it's exactly what you just said. It's, being brave enough to ask for the help um, and then being prepared, being yourself and actually learning from um, these people that are willing to help you. And that's all it is making those connections and friendships even um, to help propel you forward.
0: Yeah. And that's good for everyone. Yeah. That's good for me. That's good for you. That's good for the world. It's good for the company. Like it, it's such a, it's, it's like a ripple effect. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, here at university, we're all about um, supporting the next generation of leaders so that the world can be a better place, right? So that we are creating more conscious and mindful leaders in the world so that you're fulfilled, you're happy, you're Mm -hmm. leading a life that's truly purposeful and impactful and fulfilling. And when you're happy, you know, everyone around you is going to, have that same experience. It's a ripple effect. So um, that's what, that's what we're up to. And that's what we're super passionate about. And I want to celebrate you and all your willingness to, you know, be courageous um, and take those risks and pursue the things that you're really passionate about, even in in a field that may not yet, right. Be ready for you. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it's, I think you're doing it, but it, it's not, you're kind of a little bit of a trailblazer here. You're a little bit of a trailblazer.
1: I don't so, know about that, but I am just trying everything in my power to um, take that first step in the industry. And, you know, then hopefully one day be able to help other students like myself that were, you know, a little lost, a little scared, but mostly excited. Um, and paid forward, like you said.
0: And pay forward. Um, well, I have a lot of extra questions for you, but um, we're about at time, so I'm going to close up and then I'm going to invite you back. Oh, wait, before we close up, um, I want to hear what you're doing this summer. Do you have another internship lined up?
1: I am currently um, working on securing a job. Um, I've applied to places outside of the sports industry as well, um, just because the companies are also super exciting outside the sports industry as well. Um, but you can apply those same skills to whatever industry you're in. So um, this summer I'm really focusing on furthering my statistical skills, which is um, step number one for me to hopefully pursue a career in the field that I'm interested in in the future. So I'm still working on that. Um, it is sometimes a struggle, but it is very rewarding in the end after all the hard work is done <laughs>
0: it's so true it's true about every aspect of our life yeah
1: it's not worth it if you're not going to work hard for it
0: oh, that's a great way to close it's not <laughs> worth it if you're not going to work hard for it thank you so much amanda you are a brilliant bright light thanks for being fearless and thanks for showing up
1: thank you so much for having me amri i really appreciated it it was a blast
0: I, i'm going to follow up with you like we're doing most of our students like Six months or a year from now, we're going to check in and see what you're up to and how things are going. Sounds good. Can't wait. All right. Thanks for listening. Those were lots of great nuggets from Amanda. One of my favorites is this big idea of learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Kind of an oxymoron, right? But these beginning years where you're finding yourself making those first connections, asking for the job, learning to trust yourself, exploring your passions, and trying to figure it all out can be scary and wildly uncomfortable. But learning to allow the discomfort as part of your experience and not let it stop you from pursuing the opportunities that are going to move you forward is the key to your success. This is what practicing mindfulness is really all about actually being present in the moment with whatever is occurring and not judging it so when that discomfort arises you're simply noticing hey there's some discomfort here and you're not judging it or making it bad or wrong next week listen in to adam and i talk more about this and share a few useful exercises on how to deal with those really uncomfortable moments Thanks for listening in and we'll see you next week.